This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. So there's a series on NBC called The Good Place. Um, The Good Place actually aired on NBC September 19, 2016. And the premise is the main character, played by Kristen Bell, she lands in a place that she thinks in the afterlife is heaven. And but hence the good place. She is met by who she thinks is somebody that is the architect of heaven uh, named Michael, Archangel, played by Ted Danson, but he's actually a demon. And in this version of heaven uh, that she thinks she's in is actually a form of torture, and he's the architect of hell who is doing all of these things. But he gets transformed over the years, over the seasons, into a, into a being who recognizes humanity uh, for eternity since he had been there his whole job was to torture human beings coming in but he runs into Kristen Bell's character uh William Jackson Harper who I love by the way his character Jamila Jamil if you don't know her follow her on Twitter she is off the chain she gives zero f's and she's righteous as f okay uh Jamila Jamil and um Manny Jacinto these four kind of travel through this space escaping hell ended up in purgatory ended up I mean it's it's a crazy it's a comedy and I've been watching it from its inception this is the last season right so the latest episode that I just watched um they finally convince God or played by Maya Rudolph (laughs) it's like it's, it's funny um that they deserve a place in heaven and so in this particular episode they get into a hot air balloon flying dogs i mean it's just puppies flying in the air it's beautiful they land in heaven they get to heaven or what we think is heaven and it actually is but it's not so heavenly because after you've done everything you've wanted to do um you know race monkeys eat whatever have sunsets or whatever you know whatever your idea is of a perfect heaven how many times can you do it before you get bored and it's interesting, right? And, and I'm thinking of it, of, of again, through human eyes, through, through a human lens, through, through a human mind in, on this earth, right? But think about the things that you've ever wanted to do, right? And there's some things that live up to it. But by and large, some of the things, whether it's meeting somebody, it rarely lives up to what your fantasy is, Right? And even if it does over time, just like pain, the fantasy fades, you know what I'm saying? And so the the conclusion of this particular episode was there has to be a way out, a, a, a place where people can tap out. Because to live forever isn't is seems untenable. And yet, yet those of us who are human, we we feel <laughs> we feel like there's not enough time in on earth. in this world to do the things we want to do. So we kind of either rush through life or we zombie our way through life, not really accomplishing a tenth of the things that we should be accomplishing, or we try to do everything and burn ourselves out. I say this because, you know, and I was thinking about The Good Place because I'm reading this book series that's not going to be part of our book list. So I'm just going to tell you that. It's just a book that I'm reading for fun. It's called The End Games. Uh, it's called The End Game, um, which is done by, written by James Fry, who did A Million Little Pieces. He also is the guy that wrote Pitticus Lore under a, the Pitticus Lore name, the I Am Number Four. He's that same writer. He's a hell of a writer. 
uh, fiction writer, which is why he got in trouble with a million little pieces. But so, but this in this book series called The End Games, it chronicles uh, twelve families, twelve young people actually, and for generations, thousands of years, one person from that the family of twelve. So it's twelve families all over the world. They select one person who's going to represent them in case the world comes to an end to fight to the end, right? Because only one family is going to be left to build over, right? I'm, I'm not giving you the premise for that reason, right? So, but in this book, um, the part that I'm up to, the world, it has been announced, has 84 days before it ends. Now, uh, no responsible government would ever announce that, but, you know, there's been meteors hitting places. People know something's going on. But the chaos that ensues, and I was thinking about it, juxtaposing it to you get to the afterlife, you're there forever, you're in heaven, and then at some point you're like, okay, um, so what am I going to do today? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, I've already seen that's I've already seen perfect blue water. I've already, you know, uh, traveled to every place that I've ever wanted to travel. Uh, like, at some point, and the solution that the good place was that there needs to be a door that you can go to and go through um, if you get tired of being alive. And several people have dealt with it in, in literature as it relates to vampires who live forever, right? And um, I think in the, um, what was the one that, uh, uh, what the hell is the name of the one with uh, Kate Be- Be- Beckinsale? Anyway, in that particular vampire movie, um, they go to sleep for like a thousand years. So it's like you go to sleep, they're horses and buggies. You wake up, they're Teslas, you know, and you're like, oh, this is interesting. Okay, I have to figure out what the hell is technology. You know, I went to sleep. There was, uh, you know, we were trading cotton or whatever. Now there's Bitcoin. Okay, Um, that could be interesting and fun to go to sleep for a thousand years and wake up or even a hundred years. Shoot. And that's to me is a very creative way to kind of, you know, look at life. But if you had 84 days, you know, in 84 days that you, the, the whole world would end, what would you do? And I, and I wanted to have this conversation because as I was thinking about it, no, I'm not going to go out and drink and have, you know, wild sex orgies and drugs and, you know, going to rob people, you know, it's like, but that's what happens. Like people lose their minds, which tells me that they're not living their lives as if tomorrow's not promised. Because even if someone tells you there's 84 days left, the truth of the matter is you don't know if tomorrow you're going to be here. But you don't live your life with, with an urgency. Most of us don't. But as I was thinking about it and reading this book, I was contemplating. I was like, wow, 84 days, all right. I, I would want to travel, but there would be so much chaos that my safety would be in jeopardy. Like I couldn't even, like people, we couldn't even agree to like, yo, chill out so I can go see the pyramids. Cause I haven't seen that. I want to go, you know, see the Sphinx, you know, I haven't seen that. I, I would love to go to the Galapagos Islands and, and, you know, I would love to hang out with some Aborigine, you know, but if, if, if there's chaos and murder and mayhem, like the damn purge, I couldn't even enjoy the last 84 days and nobody could because people are so damn selfish. So I was thinking about that. And I said, man, I would just kind of like, hmm, 84 days to the world is over. I would want to read. But then I'm like, yeah, I would want to read. I would want to do things that, that I'm doing now. <laughs> so my, my life wouldn't change much at 84 days. And, and it made me smile to say that, right? Because that means that every day that I get up, I'm doing exactly what it is that I want to do. So I couldn't think outside of traveling to places I haven't been. 
and that would be treacherous with everything being in chaos. If I had 84 days left on this earth, I'd be doing what I'm doing already. Talking to people, because I love to do that. Reading and, and, and challenge, you know, challenging myself. Why? I don't know. But that's what I would do. So I, I, I wanted to have this conversation and throw it back at you. And, and ask yourself um, two things, first of all. You know, um, eternity. What does that look like for you? If, you know, when we talk about heaven and, and there are people as a result of this very conversation who probably don't believe that there's a heaven and hell, right? I don't believe there's a heaven and hell the way the Bible talks about it or the way we've been trained and conditioned to, to believe that it is. I believe that heaven and hell is created right here, <laughs> literally. And it's not in actions and deeds. It's in hearts and minds, right? It's not in like, oh, I uh, pulled the wings off of a fly. But the, the, the mindset behind that probably will lead, lead you into eternal hell because it's, it's, it's compounding that kind of behavior, right? And conversely, the good that you put into the earth is compounding. So yeah, your eternity is going to look like butterflies and puppies. And, uh, and that's a good thing, you know, and, and that's not why you do it, right? You do it because it feels good in the moment. It feels good to do good. And it feels good to see, I was just having this conversation with someone, you know, if everyone in my circle is not winning, I'm not happy. I'm not happy being the most successful. I'm not happy being the smartest. I need to be challenged. And I want to surround myself with people that say, nope, that's wrong. And then here's what I think. And then I go, huh, I never thought about that before. Because those are the places in which we, we expand who we are. And I think that's the journey, right? Like, you're not put here to stay the same. And you're not put here to be the same person you were last year or even last month. What are you doing, though, as a catalyst to change for the better? If you had 84 days left on this earth, and let's say there's no chaos. Let's say only you knew, right? Because to make a national or international announcement you should just bury yourself in a, in a bunker and wait out the 84 days because motherfuckers will be losing their minds, breaking in people's homes, raping. Why is that? Like, really? Y'all had all of that pent up? <laughs> it's like, oh, I can't wait to go rape. Who does that? Mm. Anyway, but if you had a, a sentence, you know, like I, I, I feel like every day on this earth we're living on borrowed time in many ways, right? And tomorrow's not promised. Every day... Uh, there's somebody that doesn't open their eyes every day. There is somebody that does not wake up. And understanding that, you know, being sober about that, you have to approach each day that you do wake up. And I say this, I, I got up this, somebody's like, how you doing? I'm like, I'm great. I got up this morning. And I mean that. I got up this morning. So if you were granted breath this morning, what are you doing with it? And you can't be ripping and running. I had to, I had a, um, had a uh, doctor's appointment last week, and um, ripping and running, trying to get to the doctors. I, I like f fell into a wall. You know, I was like, I'm just rushing, and I'm, I'm like, uh. and so the, the nurse who was such a beautiful person, she was like, uh, Karen, you're gonna have to slow down. And I was like, she's right, you know. In my haste to try to, you know, get ready to do this, to do that, to do this, to do that, I'm not taking a beat. And I've done enough of these podcasts. And again, I've said this before, this podcast is not really about you. 
even though if you can get something out of it, I'm grateful. But it is a reminder for, for the things that I, I say to myself every day, that I say out of my mouth every day on a microphone, uh, to, to, to have balance, to stay on message, to stay focused on the things that I want to do, but do it in the fullness of time. And that means stopping and smelling the roses, taking a break, reading a silly book like The Endgame, which is really t- intense, actually. Endgame, The Calling. Oh, it's scary. This <laughs> is for kids. Um, but I, I'm, I'm deep in it now, so I can't, I can't get out. Um, I'm also reading uh, Ta-Nehisi Coates' new book because uh, it's on Oprah's book list, and I support my people, so I downloaded that as well into my e-reader. Uh, and I'm not listening to it. I'm reading because reading gives you a different, it's a different friction for your brain than listening. So, uh, yeah, people, this is why you should listen to a podcast, listen to radio, but read books, especially novels. Um, but this is the, the question we must ponder every day. Why am I here? Why did I have breath this morning? Or more importantly, what am I going to do to make a positive impact on this world that I have breath? And it doesn't have to be earth shattering. Just something every single day will compound into something really, really great. All right, so I'm going to leave you with that. And um, let me know what you think. You can follow me on Twitter, of course, at Karen Hunter, at Karen Hunter on Twitter. I'm also a lot now on YouTube in, the, uh, in my YouTube Live. Hey, yeah, we're doing different things. YouTube Live, I'm in the chat room a lot, <laughs> probably more than I need to be, but I love it. It's a black hole that I'm not mad being in. Because uh, the people there are beautiful. So uh, you can, of course, subscribe to my YouTube channel, Karen Hunter Show, and share this podcast with as many people as you possibly can because I want to spread this globally. Uh, more importantly, there are things that uh, we need to get done over the next 10 years. We need all hands on deck. So the more people that are invested in the things that we're doing out there, the more we can get done everywhere. I appreciate y'all. Appreciate you immensely. Thank you for supporting this podcast. And um, I'll talk to you next time.